Do you believe in love? Do you believe in what we call love? Throughout history, we've had a lot of songs that are related, a lot of music that's related to the topic of love. That question specifically, do you believe in love, has cropped up in quite a few songs. 1982, Huey Lewis and the News had a song by that title, Do You Believe in Love? I imagine some of you that has triggered something in. You know that song. You know everything about that. In fact, you're maybe a little frustrated because now that's going to be trapped in your head for the rest of the day. It is. That's, that's fine. There it is. I, I would apologize, but no, nah, I don't really. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Truthfully, that song means absolutely nothing to me, nothing to me. I tried to listen to it a few times where I could come up and sing it, like sing the main part, the chorus to you, sing that specific line, do you believe in love to you? And I couldn't, I couldn't get it where I could remember it and it could be right. That's because I was born in 1982. Yeah, I was. So sorry, I know to some of you that makes me old, but to a lot of you, you're now more angry with me because not only is that song going around in your head, but you're frustrated because I've made you feel a little older than than that. It is what it is. I'm batting a thousand. Here we are. Here we are. It's okay. That song, yeah, it meant nothing to me. I don't really know it. I do remember a song that had some lyrics that were kind of close to it by Cher called Believe. Does anybody know that song a little bit? This is not a song that was something that I really wanted to listen to much, but I'm pretty sure it was in my high school's jukebox. And so it was played at lunchtime all the time. And unfortunately, it became trapped in my head from repetition that I didn't want, but it was still there. That song came out in 1998 when I was a sophomore in high school. Kind of an irritating song to have in your head. Do you remember that song at all? If you need to, I can maybe try to sing that. Now, I'm going to try to do a share impersonation, if that's okay. But the song goes a little something like, Do you believe in life after love? Do you remember that song? Anybody got that one? Yeah. The impersonation was not bad, right? Yeah, I don't know. You kind of share, you got to, like, you got to go in there somehow. You can't, you got to make sure it doesn't come up here. Otherwise, you turn into a Bee Gees which I'd much rather have their music stuck in my head. Ah, Yeah, that's fine. I'm with that, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Songs, music. I apologize to those of you joining us online, Lee Heighton, Palmerton. Hopefully you're able to sing along with us a little bit in this, but whatever, it's okay. You probably got a song yourself that talks about that subject a little bit. Do you believe in a thing called love? Is that something that you do? Why do we have so much music about that? Apparently, it's something we question pretty regularly. Love isn't something solid that we can just easily prove or grasp. Is there anything that we question more in this world than if we are loved, if somebody loves us, if that feeling and thought is true, if it's reciprocated, if it's there, if it's tangible, if it's real? Love is first and foremost something that we do. It is further something we feel. It is a concept that we want to express. But if you try to define it, that can be pretty difficult. Yes, it can. This is an important question for each and every one of us, wherever you're joining in with us now in this moment. Do you believe in love? Do you believe in love? And before you say yes so quickly, what does that mean? What is the love that you believe in? And if you really believe in it, 
Is it something that's expressed with your life? Is it something that you live, something that's real and true? We talk about love a lot at church and as Christians. Probably to the point that sometimes some of us get a little bit irritated with that topic. We think it's surface Christianity. We're ready to move on to something that we would think is deeper. We think those thoughts, but, but I wonder if the reason we have those thoughts, like let's think about something else, is because we really don't believe in love the way we should. In this time together, we're going to explore this thought. We can't give answer to all that is Love, we can't. Love is more than one or a hundred sermons could express. But we will explore one true avenue of what love is found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look specifically at verse 7. And we're going to further ask ourselves, do we believe in this love that we find here in Scripture? And is this something, do we believe in it enough that this is something that we live, that is real and true to our life? May we be blessed and changed by a true belief in love. So as we begin, let me remind you, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, this is what it says. It says, it, love, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Would you join me in a blessing for these moments together? God, bless us as we seek to understand your word and further your will and desire for our lives. God, may love be our story. May we understand it. May we believe it. And may it be seen in our lives and our actions and our deeds as we seek to be people who live and have a true eternal impact in this world. Bless us in this, God. We ask that your presence would fill this place move in our hearts and spirits, if it's from Scripture, if it's from the Word that is spoken, or if it's just from you pulling on our hearts, God, move in these moments together. Be with us now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe in love? You're going to get tired of me asking that by the end of the sermon. It's okay. Maybe you already are. Eh, It happens. Do you believe in love? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you believe in love? If you're joining us in Palmerton, Early Heighton, ask somebody close by, do you believe in love? If you're joining us online and you're with somebody, ask them. If you're not, type it in the chat. Who here believes in love? Say something to someone. Do you, do you guys believe in love? Is that something that you do? Do you believe in love? As I researched this thought, I thought I need to do real research, so I went to Google. That's what we do. And so I went to Google and I asked that question, do you believe in love? Just trying to see what would be stirred up from that, what would be talked about. And what was funny is it was really music-centered. Like all the initial things all had to do with music. But as you kind of went through there, what it seemed to be is everybody has this question more about romantic love. People, are we okay to get beyond that? I understand this is like Valentine's Day week, but we understand that that's an important part of love, but love is so much more than that, is it not? It absolutely is. It is. Now, I know this is the third week in a row that we've been focusing on the topic of love, specifically from 1 Corinthians 13. In that, we have this super famous piece of scripture about love. There are pieces of the Bible that we just naturally are drawn to and kind of known. This is one of those passages, 1 Corinthians 13. This is a famous piece of Scripture. 
For people who don't even believe in the Bible, they don't, they're not Christians, there's a solid chance they know and have quoted and have used this passage of Scripture. We do that. It's that famous. It's that big of a deal. People tune in to this. This piece of Scripture, I have used it at weddings and at funerals. We've put it on T-shirts and bumper stickers. Nothing says romance like a bumper sticker. Nothing says romance like, like something that we would put on a bumper sticker. That's that's got to touch our hearts in an amazing way. Probably a few of us have posted some part of 1 Corinthians 13 online. We've probably done that for one reason or another. With Valentine's Day, maybe some of us needed to remind our Valentine on that day, hey, remember what Scripture says, love is not self-seeking. Those flowers were fine. Those flowers were enough. Anyone else not really get into Valentine's Day? Just not really? Yeah, it's okay to admit this. It's okay. We just have to make sure weddings and anniversaries and birthdays and all those things are remembered really well. We do. We have to make sure we bat a thousand on those kinds of moments. So this scripture, it's all around us. But do we as Christians even understand the purpose of it? Do we? This chapter of the Bible wasn't written as a standalone chapter. I feel like the way we do it, we kind of pull it out of Scripture like it's its own little package and thing that was meant for its own little moment, and we don't recognize that it's actually coming from what? Chapter 13. It's coming from a lot of other thoughts, and in fact, it falls between chapter 12 and chapter 14. That's how numbers work, by the way. Sorry with with math if I'm losing you. Sorry online if I'm losing you, but that's mathematics, 12, 13, 14. This is 13, and what we find is, is that chapter 12 and chapter 14 talk about the same thing. They're talking about spiritual gifts, and so then we have chapter 13 crammed in between the two, and so we have to ask ourselves, wait a minute, if 12 is about spiritual gifts and 14 is about spiritual gifts, is there a good chance that 13 has something to do with spiritual gifts, yes, it does. This is about love, but in the context of spiritual gifts. Let's also remember, when the Bible was written, all those chapter breaks and stuff, they weren't there. This was all one writing. We went in there and made it a lot easier to find and understand and do those things, so we added those things. But this was all one fluid thought, and so we recognize that this is speaking about spiritual gifts. That's why when this chapter starts and it says, if I speak with the tongues of angels or of men, that sounds really pretty, but it's talking about the spiritual gift of speaking, right? Of communicating. So as it says that line, we're still talking about spiritual gifts. And so this passage is talking about spiritual gifts and what? How spiritual gifts, the gifts that we have, they are dependent upon love in our lives. That's what this is saying. You have spiritual gifts. You do. You. I'm speaking to you. You have spiritual gifts. If you're joining us at Palmerton Lee Heighton, you have spiritual gifts. Those of you joining us online, you have spiritual gifts. You have spiritual gifts. You do. They've been given to you by God to use in this world, partly to help build his kingdom, but more specifically, our spiritual gifts have been given to us to draw recognition, to draw an understanding to God in this world. Our spiritual gifts highlight God's presence. They draw people's eyes to him. They magnify his presence in this world. You have them. Which ones you have, that's part of you living life, asking friends, figuring out what, which spiritual gifts have God given me in this moment, and then living them out in this world. But you have them. You have spiritual gifts. 
You also have the capacity to love. Here's the thing. What does this passage tell us? Love is not a spiritual gift. Love is not a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts are something you have some, which ones you may have or you may not have. The capacity to love is something you have always. Always. You always have the capacity to love. You can love always. You have love. It transcends spiritual gifts. It is above them. It is more powerful than them. It is actually the governing body. That's what this passage of Scripture says. Love is the governing body to how we are to use our spiritual gifts in this world. Love controls and gives purpose and value to our gifts. Without love, our spiritual gifts have no eternal value. They have no eternal value. So let's, let's make this a little bit more practical. This is what 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. So, so maybe we're a business owner, a manager. We have the gift of leading people. We lead others well. We can make a team work. We can be successful. We can make a profit. But if love is not a part of the use of those gifts, the value is gone. You may be great at building your own kingdom, but you are not helping to build gods what if we can speak and teach and communicate let me first say if a lot of us like to speak and teach and communicate in one way shape or form and another and it may not be our spiritual gift and so maybe we need to think about that and probably speak less type less and listen more rabbit trail we're back on course if we do though have that spiritual gift where we can speak to someone or someones in a very real and meaningful way, but we do it outside the boundaries of love, our words have no value. They have no value. I think we have that argument sometimes about balancing truth and love in this world and how that works. Let's understand two parts of that. Truth serves love. In your heart and mind, you don't have to balance truth and love. You know the truth and you know love and they are one and the same. They are Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, excuse me as I say it because I learned it in the King James Version back when I was a little kid, but it says very clearly, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And anyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that doesn't love doesn't know God. For God is love. In your heart and mind, you don't have to balance truth and love. The truth and love, they are both there. They are one and the same. God is the truth. He is love. They are there. The thing we have to balance is the use, if we have the gifts of communicating truth, that we have to balance that with love. That's what has to be balanced is when do I use this and how? And even in that, may we recognize that in communicating truth, what we understand here in this passage is it serves love. So may we recognize that truth is never the goal. Love is our goal. Sometimes if in loving someone, we have to use truth, we have to communicate truth, but truth can never become the goal. If truth becomes the goal, we lose the value of it. Its eternal value goes away. If love remains our goal, and our goal is to love, then we can communicate truth with purpose and love and value that is eternal. Love is not fluff. 
I hope you see this is not teaching just for the new Christian. This is for all of us. This is everything. We and our gifts, and again, I remind you, you have spiritual gifts. But may we remember that we have no eternal value in what we do if we do not do it in love. May we remember what we have been told to do from Jesus in his two great commandments, Matthew 22, love God and love people. And so what about us? Do we believe in this love? Do we believe in this love? Do we believe that love always has to be in place in our lives if what we have and what we do, if with it we want to bring value and worth and meaning? Do we really believe in love? When I think about the question of believing in love, I realize that there are two ways of understanding that question, do I believe in love? I understand that. For example, I've previously confessed to you at different times, but I confess it again now before you. I humble myself and I confess that I am a New York Jets fan. I am. That is something that I confess and admit to you. Sorry to bring up football, Eagles fans. Sorry to draw your mind back to that. The call was garbage. We can move on. We understand it. It was garbage. Let's move on. For most of my life, I have believed in the New York Jets, in their existence. But I want you to know, for most of my life, I have not believed in the New York Jets. Do you understand the meaning difference there now? What I'm saying about two understandings, I believe in them. I know they're there, but I don't believe in their purpose and in their power, what they can do and what they can be. I don't believe in the New York Jets very often. If you've been around me, you know that there are certain things that are like this in my life. For example, you've heard me talk about sauerkraut. I believe in sauerkraut. I've smelled it. It is there. But I don't believe in what sauerkraut can do to my life or should be there. I don't, I don't believe in that. On the opposite side, I believe in great hair. I have seen it exist. But let me tell you, Oh, yes, I believe in great hair, right? I, yes, I believe in what it can do. I can believe in its power. I believe in it. You have the power to believe in love. You probably believe in love. You know it's there. But do you live like you believe in love? Like you believe it has power. Like you believe it is the thing. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us it is the thing that needs to be there. It's not our words. It's not, our, it's not those things that's going to make the eternal difference. It's if love is there or not. Do we believe in love? When I think about seeking to love always, we really have to believe in what love can do. We have to let it be the thing that governs our actions, our choices, our words. Let it be in control of our gifts for God. For that, we need to build a consistency of love. And that's what we see here in this particular verse. This is what we want. Always means consistency. Now, that doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean that we won't struggle, that we won't have our moments. At least, I'll tell you this. I will have, I have my moments where love is not my priority, and I have to check myself, and I have to backtrack at times. But it means that we have a life that love is consistent, knowing that that makes the difference, and that is what I want. 
When we walk away from this time, you're probably going to feel that inclination to think that we're talking about like a specific person. You're going to have that in your mind, a specific person or a specific situation where it's hard to love. And I think that's okay. But understand, this is more than that. This isn't those specific thoughts. This is about we want to build a heart, a mind, a life that has love just consistently in it. We want this to be who we are. That's going to give our lives and our purpose value. That's what I'm desiring for you this morning. I want who you are in your spiritual gifts. I want it to have eternal value. And that's what we find here. Is when love is consistent, that is there. When we get specifically into 1 Corinthians 13, 7, we, we can get a better understanding of what this particular verse is saying. I'm going to read to you three different translations so you can see how it is and what's actually saying here. So the NIV we read before, it says this. It says, it love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I tried to understand this better, so I looked at the NLT version. It says it a little bit differently, but along the same lines, it says, love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And finally, the New King James Version, I love, this one's beautiful. It says this, it says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we understand these pieces, we grasp that they all focus together in showing us how love has value It brings eternal meaning to us if it stays consistent in our lives. And this is teaching that says, let this be consistent in your life. The first thought there, the first part is is the thought that love stays true in relational hurt, in personal hurt. Love forgives and doesn't give up on one another. It recognizes, love recognizes that sometimes we hurt each other, but that does not mean the relationship is over. It can't mean that the relationship is over. We stick with people even when they hurt us. The second part speaks to how love believes in people. It believes in the best of them. Love gives room for people to have trust restored and built. It gives people a chance. It believes that there is still hope for them. And that brings us into the third thought. That speaks to hope. But it's just not the thought that we believe in people. We believe in the fact that God and his love mean that there is hope for every single person out there to be redeemed and restored. We live in love knowing that someone with God's help can and will be different. They can change They can be somebody, and we believe that, not because just that we believe in them, but more importantly, because we believe in God and what he can do. He can do it. He can do it. The final thought is the realization that in all of that, sometimes life is hard. And so that's the difference. I know in that scripture, that last one, you know, the King James Version says it bears all things and then it endures all things. And you're like, what's the difference there? Well, I looked into that and the difference is the first thought is is that it's that relational hurt when someone hurts me. The second one is that's much more about life hurts. It means that sometimes we're going to lose jobs. We're going to have financial trouble. We're going to have sicknesses in this world. We're going to have those life things that are hard, but love sticks with people. Whatever the world throws at us, as, as hard as it gets, that is consistency. I want you to see this thought on the screen. And this is not in your notes, so if you take them, I encourage you to write this down. It's, it's wording that just came to me this weekend, and it is this. 
an eternal difference is made, an eternal impact is made when love is consistent. Hold on to that thought. If you get nothing else, please hear this. An eternal impact is made when love is consistent. To me, that's my goal for you this morning. It's what I want. I want to have an impact in this world. I want to have it with my children. I want to have it with my wife. I want to have it with my church family. I want to know that what I'm doing, that the wonderful things God has given me to do and to be, they make a difference, and that's it. Those things, if I, if I want to believe and know that they're going to be real and they're going to make a difference, it's right here. When my love is consistent, my impact comes alive. You have the chance to have an impact in this world to make a difference. It will come alive. It will. If your love is consistent. Love says your actions in this world can't stop me. This world and the life and the problems there can't stop me from staying with you, from believing in your future, from trusting that God can do great things, from thinking the best thoughts for you, about you, in you. Love always, love consistently, love remains. Everyone, I ask again, do you believe in love? Do you live like love has power and meaning and value? I know this isn't easy. It is difficult, it hurts a lot. It means that there are sometimes that people are going to hurt us and we've got to figure out how to battle through that. I get it. The answers are not easy. Sometimes we have to say hard things to people still. We have to make hard decisions. Is love our goal? Is love our goal? At times it means we have to be not about ourselves. We have to push our selfish desires to the side. There are lots of times that I want to say truth to somebody that I think need it because I want to believe in the power of my mouth and its ability to deliver truth because I think it can do it pretty good. I do. But I realize that in some of those moments, that's a brick that's going to destroy. My goal is not truth. My goal is to love. Love is what changes lives. I don't know about you, but this has been my experience in life. I can tell you that I know a lot of truth. I've had a lot of people speak value into my life, but I have been changed by love. When it comes to my understanding of Jesus Christ and God, I believe in a lot. I've studied a lot. I've figured out a lot of things about God. But my faith is grounded not in those understandings. My faith is grounded in the thought that God and Jesus Christ love me and they have proven it over and over and over again. And I have been changed not by what I know, but I have been changed because I know love. Love that is real and true and that has changed my heart. Do you believe in love? I want that to be who I am. I want that to be my defining feature. 
I want that to make a difference in this world. I don't know about you, but I want love to be my story. I want to make a difference that matters. And I want love to be my story. Growing up, my mother suffered for most of the life that I knew her with a battle with cancer. Toward the end of my mom's struggle with cancer, her cancer had reached a point where it spread throughout her body, and so that meant it went to her bones, and it actually went towards the end to her brain. That was an interesting kind of new struggle for her because going to her brain, it went to a point where other things, while she couldn't control what the cancer was doing to her, she could still control who she chose to be, but there was this fear in her, a real fear that when the cancer went to her brain, there might be things that she couldn't control anymore. She was afraid of not being herself. Now, I want you to understand the story I'm about to share is not everyone's story, and it doesn't always have to be the case. My grandfather, one of my grandfathers, was a very, very godly man, and he suffered from Alzheimer's and strokes, and even though he was a godly man, at the end, he was not himself, and sometimes that happens. But that was one of my mom's great struggles, is the fear of this, and she would have these moments. When the cancer went to her brain, she would have these moments where she would lose control a little bit. She couldn't quite be herself. It wasn't, it was different. I can't put into words. She would almost become childlike a little bit. She would lose the ability to do certain things in process. She couldn't always communicate and like function quite right, but she was still there. And it was just, I can't say other than that. She just became different and kind of shut down a little bit when she was still there. I had the opportunity in one of these moments, I was seated on her with a, on, a, on our couch and, and she was there seated next to me and she was trying to have a snack and this moment struck and it was interesting because she couldn't continue to have the snack anymore. So she just sat there with her in, in her lap and, and I remember I was 18 at the time, I didn't know what to do and so I, I just put my arm around her because I didn't know how to say or do anything with her. And I will tell you, I can remember this moment. It is implanted on my mind because what it has told me that I want to be, as she snuggled in next to me, not able to say words, to communicate, to do anything, she looked up at me and all I can tell you as I looked in her eyes, the thing that was there was love remained. It took away, the cancer took away her chance to communicate, to be, to eat, to do whatever, but love was still there. And again, I know that's not everybody's stories in these moments, but it is my prayer for my life that if you took everything away from me, love would remain. Love would be there. Not in these kinds of moments, but the story of who I am as a dad, who I am as a husband, who I am as a pastor and a friend That if someone could say, what is the defining feature about this person, if there was something that remained I would hope that they would say, that guy knew how to love. Love was his thought, it was his heart, it was his purpose. I want that because I know what 1 Corinthians 13 says. It says that if there's one thing in this world that remains, that carries on, it is what? It is love. Love remains. And so I close with you with this thought. You can build a consistency of love and you can make a difference in this world. You can. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 breaks it down really easy for us. This can be your truth. You can have a consistency of love. What does it tell us to do if we want to be practical in this? 
It says, if you want a consistency of love, number one, let go of the hurt in your life. As hard as it is, let go of the hurt. Number two, strive to believe in people. Believe in who they are. Number three, trust in what God and his love can do in someone's life. Have hope in God. And finally, stick with love and stick with people even in the hard moments. That is love. That practice can become your heart and it means that you can have an eternal difference. So I ask you one last time. Do you believe in love? Do you believe in love? Father in heaven, God above, God, I thank you for your love which has changed my life. God, the defining thing about you is and completely clearly it is love, God. You are love and that is what has changed us. God, may we recognize each and every one of us, fill us with the truth that we have spiritual gifts in this world. We have the ability to have an impact. But that has to be controlled and empowered and enabled by consistent love in our lives. God, I ask that you would bless us. Help us not to feel guilty in these moments. We're going to look back and we're going to think about moments, God, where we weren't loving. That's okay. We all have been there and done that. This isn't about being perfect in our love. You are perfect in your love. This is about us being consistent in love. And so God, in our relationships, in our love, may this be our defining feature that it is consistently there. May we work so that consistent love is our story. Bless us in these endeavors, God. May love be who we are. May love be at our core. May we work to mold and shape our hearts and minds until that is true. We love you, God. We lean into your grace because we know if love is going to be our story, that has to be the case. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.